Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Today, I have with me Tina Colleen. Tina Colleen is a body-positive activist, founder and CEO of People of Color Productions, and one of the directors slash producers of the I Identify As Me documentary. Tina has been featured by Go Magazine, Safe Word Society blog, and Autostraddle. Furthermore, she has a monthly column in the Unedit magazine. Tina, what is going on? Hey, what's, what's going happening? On? Uh, you know, it's really early. I can't believe you got me here so early. <laughs> you know, Tina, remember the conversation we had? Let's recall the conversation we had about successful people starting early. Yes. Right? Being mindful before right. your day starts. That's right. Being mindful before your day starts. And you know what? Getting it in early because guess what, guys? If you can get things in before the rat race starts, before the checking the email starts, before before the Instagram checking and like posting and liking starts, maybe you can start your day in a very mindful, sort of healthy way. What do you think? No, I'm definitely going to try it. And I've been reading a lot about that, about as soon as you get up, don't go on Instagram, don't go on social media, don't check your email, just do what you got to do. I meditate. I try to meditate every day. Meditation is extremely important. I mean, I'm a completely different person. Yes. Um, just by, even if it's 10 minutes a day. But wouldn't you say that maybe meditation does put you in a mindful sort of frame of mind where you are not just reacting to things? Oh, definitely. Right? You slow it down. You can really think about what you're doing rather than just reacting to things. Definitely. And I mean, I feel like a lot of times, um, especially just like where we live and it's the rat race of everything, we we tend to not be as compassionate like with ourselves, but also as we're interacting with people. And I found that just by meditating every day that like I can just really process, okay, what's happening and just have a much more positive response. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, you know, I didn't mean for this to turn into the mindful <laughs> po- podcast, although I could go there. Let me just tell you. Yes, we can. I have no problem with that. I really enjoy <laughs> it. But, you know, I have, there's so many things I want to ask you about, so we're going to go into it. Um, so Sounds good. First, yeah, first of all, I want to talk about you are a body positivity activist. Yes. Some people may not know exactly what that is. So talk to me about what body positivity is. I mean, I feel that it's kind of, this is a very subjective definition, so I'll more. It's more about how what it means to me. Yes, that's um, I mean, in the sense of like, if you really want to like take down the literal definition, being positive about your body. Um, but for me, I think it's more about being positive about your body as it is in its present state. Right. Because I feel that like we always have all of this stuff thrown around us, like oh, lose weight, gain weight, look like this, look like that. And um, I mean, of course, that I feel that as humans, we always. We always want to do better. We always want to be something else. Um, and that's not being present. Right. So for me, that's what's so important is about like loving who I am in the current body that I have. So that's, awesome. that's what it means to me, really. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, I think there are a lot of people who are practicing body positivity, but there are a few people who say that I'm, you know, actually say that they were an activist in that regard. So talk to me about what made you become an actual activist. Call yourself like a body positivity activist. And what does that mean for you? Well, being an activist, I feel that is just being very public about it, Um, being public about it, but also kind of using myself as a platform to really talk about these conversations and talk about it and really just to represent people who look like me or feel like me. So, um, I mean, how it started, I've been overweight my entire life, even though um, I'm I'm healthy. Like I always like joke around and say I'm a healthy fat girl, like all my vitals are good and I've never really had any issues with my health in that regard, but I've always been overweight. 
that's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem in our society, regardless of race. Doesn't matter race, gender, you know, fat phobias everywhere. So, um, so that's where a lot of that came from. And how I kind of got into this is just because of I had did a photo shoot. I did a photo series in 2017 where it was specifically focusing on black, queer, plus size, feminine women. Fabulous. Um, femmes. Um, AKA femmes. Fabulous. And, uh, and really, uh, I did that just because of the fact that I had started noticing just a lot of different like dynamics of dating and, um, and having issues dating with my weight. Um, so I did that, um, I did that photo series and I wasn't supposed to be in the photo series. I had actually had a couple that was supposed to um, do it. You, and you weren't supposed last... to be in it? No, happened? I was not supposed to be in it. I was behind the scenes. What? I was, I was, I'm, I'm a producer. Like that's okay. what I do. I okay. produce, I'm behind the scenes and, um, I, that's exactly what my role was in literally, I think it was 12 hours before the photo shoot. Everything was set up, hair, makeup. We got a hotel room in Long Island City and the couple, yeah. they dropped out. They dropped out because one of them got sick. And um, so I had to be a femme. I had to be the femme and I didn't have a partner. So, um, and actually my current business partner, which we'll talk about Monique later, but uh, helped me get uh, my girlfriend for the photo shoot. And uh, so I ended up being in it. So, but this was literally, I feel just like the tip of the iceberg. Like wow. my entire life changed Wow! after this because it was the first time that I got in my underwear and I was, I mean, hair, makeup, I mean, I looked gorgeous, but I was so uncomfortable Wow! because I've never publicly been in my underwear, not even in a bikini. I had not even been in the bikini okay, since but, I was... But this, okay, so now I have to stop you for a second. Sure. I, I have to understand. Because think about this. You're saying to me you were so uncomfortable. What would make you, like, decide right then and there, I'm going to do this? I mean, I'm, like, respect to you for that. Um, but, like, what would make you decide to do that? Like, because it's amazing. Because that's, that's like putting your fears aside and saying, I'm doing this. Amazing. I had no choice. <laughs> like, it was, you know, literally, as a businesswoman, yeah. I have, I had spent the money already everyone was coming, I literally had no choice because wow. I specifically wanted three couples. Incredible. Like it was very deliberate. So, I mean, I mean, it was the universe. It was the universe said, ah, you have no choice. Yeah. You, like <laughs> the universe was going to happen. Yeah, um, the universe that way. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely if I had had a choice, I wouldn't have done it. Like, so and, and just because I wasn't, I wasn't in that mind frame at that time. Like I knew that I wanted this out there and I knew that I wanted to represent women that look like me, but I think I was just too chicken to be the person to and do that. And was like, oh, you're doing it today. <laughs> yes. You're on this. Definitely. So it was the tip of the iceberg. And what, what did that, so what, how did things unfold from there? Like, how did it all? Oh my gosh. I mean, well, one, I mean, just the idea. Well, first off, I mean, my photo shoot girlfriend is gorgeous. Uh, I mean, Lo has been featured in Dapper Q, uh, was, um, has been in a documentary. So, um, and just like in general, just like has modeled. Mm -hmm. So just even being photographed with her, I felt that was really powerful. And I felt that was powerful in the sense of you don't normally see that. You don't normally see plus size women with like gorgeous people. Like yeah. you don't see this in mainstream society. Yeah. And not that, yeah. you know, not that I'm not gorgeous, but like society says I'm not. Yes. And so, um, so, so that's really what was just so powerful about that. So even, even being with Lo and like, you know, we are like here, like acting like we're in love and all this stuff. Like that was just uncomfortable for me. And, um, so like the actual process of, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I had to have two shots of tequila. Like <laughs> I like, everyone's, you look Get so comfortable. liquid courage in there. You, everyone says you look so comfortable. Yeah. I was, I had two shots liquid of tequila. Courage is I looked thing. amazing. Of course I was comfortable. <laughs> 
course I was comfortable. That's amazing. Um, so, no, but definitely. Um, so that alone, I mean, like, it was groundbreaking for me as a person, as a woman, as someone in this body. Mm-hmm. Then after the photos came out, uh, then it was just kind of, I almost, honestly, I had like sort of imposter syndrome, just kind of seeing myself and saying, wow, she looks beautiful. That's you. That's you, Tina. (laughs) And so, um, and and really just like having to like accept and love the fact that that was me and I looked beautiful and I was completely in my natural state. I mean, I had hair, I mean, my hair was done and I makeup, but uh, even the photos, they were very lightly retouched. I was very deliberate. Like I wanted all the stretch marks to be seen. I, um, when the photographer, I said almost like maybe just like minor like discrepancies that I want edited out, but I want people to see us as we are. Amazing. Um, and, and that was really just what kind of changed the tape in my head. And, and, and that really is just kind of like how I embarked on where my style is and where it's going and how I became an activist because I'm just tired, Corinne. I'm tired. And I realized that like now I'm realizing is that like in order for us to be the change you want to um, see in the world, yeah. it's really not like if I, I was like, you know what? I'm not seeing myself. I'm not seeing what I want. So I'm going to create it. Yes. Yes. Good for you. Good for you. Fantastic. So you know what I love about that whole uh, what you're saying is that what's interesting about being activists, I think people think it looks like one thing. And I think that activism could look like a, n- a number of things, right? It could look like a number of things. And you you happen to be a producer, right? So you did it in that way. You know, some people are writers, they do it in that way. Some people are public speakers, they do it in that way. You know, whatever it is you're doing and whatever it is that you have a special skill for, you know, activism involves maybe putting those two things together and putting it out in the world and whatever it looks like. Yep. But the way you did it was amazing. And it's incredible to me that it seems right now you were most affected by it in in a way that you weren't even expecting oh definitely so that's incredible yeah you know i mean i I took my own pain and my own shame and i put it on a platform amazing and and it's it's great because it allowed me to walk through it um but at the same time i now i don't feel so alone because so many people have reached out and said oh my gosh thank you awesome awesome this is why visibility visibility is so important it is so important it's so important to let people know they're not alone in their journeys right Mm -hmm. this is kind of why we do what we're doing right now right exactly that's that's amazing thank you for running me through that that's awesome um i i really want to also talk about um uh people of color productions i want to know about the impetus for getting that started and of course the documentary oh of course by the way is from what i've seen of it from what i've seen i saw a a clip a trailer of it i've seen um you know i've I've seen the go magazine article i mean you guys are doing it and you have some really great people involved in that project so please please talk to us about that that project i want to hear all about it definitely so i identify as me identify became after the photo series and uh, so I did not have a production company at that time. That wasn't even a blip on my radar. I work in higher education. That was what I thought I was going to do. This was, I mean, really, I, all of these projects, again, just kind of coming back to like working through my own personal stuff, like my own personal baggage. Um, and that's where I Identify As Me kind of came into play, um, really just because of the women and the people that I've dated in my life. Um, I generally date uh, more masculine presenting or gender fluid women and gender non-conforming people. And um it's heartbreaking to see what they have to go through on a day-to-day basis because me 
Um, yes, I'm queer, but I look straight. Like, to the world, I look straight. Yes. So unless, like, I actually have a real conversation with somebody, which nine times out of ten I don't because knowing my sexuality is a privilege. If it's not relevant, why are we talking about it? Unless I want you to know for a specific reason. Right. Fair enough. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I know that my life is easier because of that. But the people that I dated or even my friends, um, that is, that's where it really, you know, I t- I'm, I'm empathetic, especially for people in my life. And... Um, I mean, really, to be 100% honest, uh, a friend of mine who, like, we've been friends for, like, about four or five years, um, really, it was their experience that was kind of the catalyst um, because they they still live with their family and they're um, from a Caribbean background, still in the closet. You know, I mean, grown, yeah. 26 yeah. years old. That's real, though. That's real. You know, completely. It's and a very real thing. But is terrified because yeah. they could be homeless right. if they were to be who they are. But even, but what really hit me was um, I actually went to see, went to see a documentary, summer 2017, and uh, uh, it was, um, it was a trans list, phenomenal documentary, watch it, it's so uh, great. Um, And that was actually when I learned about gender pronouns and gender identity and, and I was fascinated by it because like, I was like, wow, like I didn't, I didn't realize this is how people really felt. And then I was talking to my friend about it. And then in the middle of the conversation, my friend says, I go by they, them. I've known you for three years. Whoa. Why are you just telling me this now? Oh, really? And it was because my friend didn't know how to tell me and didn't feel necessarily comfortable. And not that my friend thought that I would judge them, but because they knew I didn't understand. And they just, it's exhausting for them to really like, and they're not sure if I'll misunderstand. So it's just easier to just go by she, her, even though that's not how they truly identify. So that really, I mean, that was the catalyst of, this is so messed up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like people that I love, yeah. like cannot even be their true selves. Right. And, um, and, and we, and I feel like, you know, especially like having the privilege of most of my life going by, she you know, she and her, like, we don't think about those things. No, we don't. We, we do yeah. not think about the fact of the, how people feel so uncomfortable and not themselves um, because of pronouns. Right. Um, and, you know, I feel like some people think, oh, it's small. It's not small. It's huge. There's nothing small about it. Yeah, there isn't. Um, yeah. yeah, so definitely. And then also too, like, I feel that a lot of, so then like kind of going back to like the women that I've, the women and people that I've dated, their insecurities because of the way society treats them, you know, it impacts me directly or indirectly because that all, you know, I mean, that ties back into like confidence and how you present yourself and, um, and that is going to affect relationships. Yes, it is. E- even platonic relationships. Yes, with hundred percent. Yeah. So, yes. um, so that's kind of that's where you know, um, long story short, that's where um the documentary came out of. That was the inspiration for the documentary. Is that um, and actually it was supposed to be just a photography series. Originally, it was just supposed to be a body positive photography series because there's no body positive photos out there of masculine presenting women and gender non-conforming people. This is true. And in a very poetic way, like a lot of times, like I'll see, you know, I mean, you'll see half naked people all the time, but it's very superficial. It's very superficial, very glamour, and usually the people that are in there, um, it, they're very light skinned, or um, they have they're really buff and have like all these muscles, or they're super super slim. That's literally the spectrum. I remember when I brought Monique on, my business partner, I said I'm like we're not no, that like we're I don't want like I don't want, like these super buff people like you know like masculine presenting gender fluid um, models that we see. no no right. I don't want that like right. I'm it's out there yeah great they have yeah. their visibility yeah yeah. 
So that's actually how it started. It started off as a photography series, which we did do the photography series. That's also going into the documentary. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So um, so all these black and white photos that people see people in their underwear yeah, in the so woods. They're great. Yes, yeah, those like, are great. Yeah. Like all that's going in the documentary. Awesome. So uh, and I, you know, I know that like and sometimes people feel like because if people see it, and they're like, oh, these are the promo pics. It's like, yes, these are the promo pics. And it's going into the documentary. Like it's very deliberate because we want to showcase this. Right. We want to show this. <clears throat> so that's how it started. And then as I was thinking about it, I realized, you know, these women and these people this their stories are so complex yeah it's um a photography series isn't going to do it justice there's too many layers i agree and that was where i decided to do a documentary interesting really interesting so that that really speaks to your um your drive and your your wanting to really tell their stories right Mm -hmm. to really get their stories across not just like in a in the medium of photo but like saying okay i need you to see them living breathing and speaking their mm-hmm. existence and yep. what's what's going on so you can hear their stories let them tell you their stories mm-hmm. let you so you can hear from them and understand what they what, what it's like for them that's incredible wow i love that that is amazing yeah yeah this is going to be an amazing documentary i can't <laughs> so listen what are we talking about in terms of like when do you think it, the documentary will actually hit like when will it drop like when will we be able to see the entire thing yeah i mean like that's like i mean a lot of people have been asking me that a lot lately now as the trailer and everything is coming out I mean, as of right now, to be honest, we don't know. It's definitely coming out this year. Our plan, I mean, this is completely independent film. I'm, you know, I'm funding this. My company, uh, People of Color Productions, is the executive producer as of right now, fully funding it. And um, I mean, we are fundraising so that we can not be in debt. (laughs) Well, I, I say we, I don't want to be in debt Um, or at least more debt. Uh, But really, our intention is to put it into a film festival. We, um, We want to do our world premiere at a film festival. And I mean, we're, I'm just from the teaser alone, we are having film festivals emailing us and asking, waiving application fees. Really? Yes, waiving application fees. Whoa, it's amazing. Yes, like emailing and say, hey, like we saw your teaser, like this is our film festival, we'll waive the application fee. Wow. So that's, you know, we're gonna use that carrot. Uh, We're gonna apply and uh, and say like, hey, like we'll give you the world premiere if you put us in our film festival. So that's why it's a, I don't know, it's a question mark right now. Because really who's the best fit? And like, and Monique and I, we've gone back and forth on this because how the documentary enters the world is just as important as the content itself. Yes, I agree with that. And, um, and we have that. had opportunities. And there, I mean, it's not just the film festival. There was a bunch of different opportunities that have been, who that have come our way. And Monique and I felt it wasn't a fit because we may or may not felt that that person or organization was trying to exploit the documentary because, you know, it is a topic right now that everyone is talking about. And it's something that, you know, at least from what I've seen has never been done before. Right. Usually a lot of times when there's documentaries, one, um, the fact that it's about people of color and we were very deliberate about that. Not only um, is everyone in the documentary of color, but also everyone who's behind the scenes are of color. Yes. So that was critical. Yes. Absolutely vital. And then, but also too, a lot of times when you do see people of color, everyone's segregated. Like you'll always see, um, so, and we wanted to bring everyone together. So everyone is from different backgrounds and just kind of like are touching different parts of the community, but even in general, like topics that we are very uncomfortable talking about in society. Yes. And we were very intentional about that. It's like, we want to talk about all the shit that makes people cringe. Right. Right. We want to talk about all the stuff that just makes people cringe and not want to talk about and be really uncomfortable about. Yeah. So I feel that like, because of that reason, people see an opportunity. They see this marketing opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of times, that's what happens. A lot of times we do see these documentaries and we see these films that 
we see the people representing us, but then the people behind the scenes are people who don't look like us right. and are making money off of us. Right, right, right. So that's another reason why things kind of change and things are kind of evolving because Monique and I, we want to be very careful who is who's who we're collaborating with right. and who is going to be able to say, oh, we did the world premiere. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. That's really good. So what I what I love about your story is I think it's so interesting. It's like you just, we talked earlier on about, you said, be the change you want to see, right? And it's, what I, what I love seeing out in society is when someone says, I don't see this, and so now I need to create it, right? Yeah. You know, we're in this age right now where people are, are creating content and creating things that they want to see. Mm-hmm. Because it's, we're, we're in an age of like a lot of do-it-yourself, like DIY, like sort of like projects where yes. people can literally create a film and put it out themselves and say, I didn't see this, so now I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to see it and I want to make sure that other people realize that I see them. And so I'm going to put, take this project on and I'm going to do all the hard work. Because let's be honest, this is hard work, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like the laugh. The laugh was like... <laughs> I eat, sleep, and breathe right. this documentary. I am in a relationship with I Identify As Me. Yes, we talked about this. Yes. Uh, How's very, it going, by the way? Is um, it treating you well? <laughs> um, I mean, ups and downs, some drama. Have you guys uh, been to counseling yet? Is it? <laughs> counseling happening yet? That, that's definitely happening. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like any other relationship. You gotta go to counseling. Hey, you know. No, I <laughs> mean, like, it, you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, I mean, like, it's one of those things, and um, it's like, yes, there's a lot of work, and it te- it can be stressful, but it's I don't know. I guess because it's a part of me, I love it, and I yeah, I mean, I am in a relationship with this documentary. Uh, it's pretty complicated, uh, but um, <laughs> is that the status on Facebook? I'm in a relationship. It's complicated. I actually no. It's really funny. I was trying to. Um, I I wanted to try to figure out a way that I could put it's complicated with I identify as me, <laughs> and I haven't. I'm really serious. <laughs> so wait, have you guys been to counseling yet? It's a question. Uh, no, no, but we need it. We yeah. really, <laughs> cause because you know, identify as me can be a little sporadic sometimes. Really? And, oh yes. And just like random stuff happens. Really? Not checking um, in, not checking in, just doing its own yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really, because it's not, because it's the project, there's so many elements to it because I'm working, because then there's Monique and there's Sophia, who's our director of photography. And then, but also too, like working with the cast. Yeah. So it's just like so many different personalities, so many different elements. And I love everyone. And I love all of it. But then like the project itself and then like the actual like nuts and bolts of like, because now we're in editing. So then there's that. And, um, but then also press and like, the cast was just um, featured in Go Magazine, yeah, which makes me emotional. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was it was interesting because uh, before uh, we submitted everything to Go Magazine, like I, you know, ev- I went through everything, but it's very analytical. Like I have these different parts of my brain yes. where like I'm very analytical and like sometimes it's like not necessarily like, you know, the emotional part of who I am. Yeah. But then after it was published, I was able to kind of like relax yeah. and because we were on a deadline. So like, yeah. so I was just like, yeah. like uh, everyone, you got to do what you got to do. But, um, but after it was published and I was able to kind of reflect and relax and read it as Tina and not necessarily like Tina, the producer, right. I was so emotional. I was so emotional because I was emotional one, because because I thought to myself, no one should feel how the cast have felt their whole life. No one. So that made me emotional. Of course. Um, but then it made me emotional in a happy way because we're doing it. 
Right. Like, it's like, yes, okay, right. this is how they felt their whole yeah. life, yeah. but now, like, they have become their own representation. Right, but you're also doing something about it for them. That's the other thing that's so absolutely beautiful about it. Yeah. You're doing something. You see them. I mean, I don't think you identify necessarily as them, no. right? But you're, like, that's what I think it's also very beautiful about this. It's, you're, you don't necessarily identify as them, but you saw what they were going through and said, somebody has to do something about this, mm-hmm. right? So I think... What I think is also interesting and must be so emotional is just seeing all this hard work. Like, oh, yeah. Seeing the manifestation of this hard work, that must be incredible for you. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's like one thing when you're, like, you're, you're in those deadlines and you're making sure everybody's meeting, you know, showing up and doing what they need to be and being on time and, and, and recording their parts and, and, you know, the lighting person's there and the sound person's there and you and Monique are, like, really trying to grapple with things. And then there's this other part where... It like shows itself, mm-hmm. the physical, the manifestation yes, of it. That's got to be intense. It's surreal. It's got to ab- be intense. It's though. absolutely surreal. And it's, you know, I, sometimes I really have to, um, before things get officially published, like with the teaser, I had to sit with the teaser. I literally watched the teaser 10 times before it was published just because, and that's really important too. I mean, and that's important for anybody, especially like if you're a business person and we go, 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 go. We have to take a moment yes, and we do. have to really absorb like what we're doing. Yes, we do. Yes. And that really, and I really had to like, um, and, and I, it's, it's difficult for me and I'm working through that in the sense of like patting myself on the back and just be saying, Tina, I am proud of you. You, you know what? I, I have a life coach and I didn't understand the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Like she would say, did you take a minute to like congratulate yourself? I'm like, why would I do that? I have no time yeah. to congratulate myself. And she didn't, it didn't occur to me why that was important. Oh, very. It didn't make sense to me. And then she, it sort of clicked and it made sense after she really explained the importance of stopping for a minute and realizing what you've done, really giving yourself the pat on the back, really feeding yourself mm-hmm. with what you've done. Cause that was you. Oh yeah. Right. And you have to stop for a minute because we're quick to be like, well, you, you screwed that up. Oh, you messed that up. We're oh, really we quick on that. to jump on ourselves mm-hmm. when something goes wrong, but we're not quick enough to stop for a minute and, and realize what we did really well. Yeah. You got to do that. You do. Yeah. You're yeah. feeding yourself that way, man. It's like a feeding yourself. It's like giving to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, I mean, it's really funny because at the end of the year, because we are fiscally sponsored with a nonprofit, we have to do a biannual report. So, um, you know, part of it was like, okay, like, you know, what were your challenges? What were the good things that happened? And I liked that it was specifically said, what... What are the good things that happen that's non-monetary? It allowed Monique and I to really oh, reflect amazing. over amazing. the entire... Because we kind of jumped in mid-year with mm. this um, nonprofit. So we actually were telling the entire year. I was like, holy crap. We did amazing we stuff. did amazing things. And that was when I realized I wasn't stopping enough. I wasn't stopping enough to reward myself for all the hard work that I had been doing. And why shouldn't you? Right? Exactly. Why shouldn't you? You did that work. Like, where you'd be quick to tell somebody else, wow, you did an amazing job. Exactly. Right? Give them a pat on the back. What about yours? Mm-hmm. You got to give it to yourself. Yeah. It's really important. So, so I, I try, I really do try now, like, men, like before, like, publicly anything goes out, I really just try to congratulate myself. I even reward myself. And that can look like in so many things. Like, maybe I decide, okay, I'm just going to, like, treat myself to dinner yeah. or I'm going to buy myself some flowers. Mm-hmm. Like, I really try to be intentional about patting myself on the back now. Fantastic, fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a huge life lesson. That I think that um, I feel like it needs to be talked about more. I think that we're getting a lot of talk about self care these days. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be part of the conversation. Oh yeah, it's also a way of caring for yourself. Oh definitely, and it's a beautiful way of doing it. Yeah. Um, all right. So listen. Wow. You know, I love talking about that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about you and how you identify. 
Yes. So let's talk about your identity. We'll talk about your personal style. Let's talk about how those two things sort of uh, intersected and how they are evolving right now in your life. So talk to me a little bit about your identity. I mean, my identity is, um, I'll be honest, um, it's kind of fluid at the moment and uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I, I if, if I were to give you a label, uh, I would say that I'm femme presenting. Uh, that's how I currently identify. But that is definitely changing. Um, and a large reason why. So I, growing up, I was always a tomboy. I, I just, I love being comfortable. I, and uh, what happened was I was in high school and I had a really good friend. You know, I feel that like, um, you know, as we grow up, we just like have like, you know, we have friends just have all this influence on us. And I remember I had this guy friend who he used to say to me, he's like, you, you know, you dress like a boy can't afford to get a new wardrobe I would and I was full of it like I just didn't want to like I didn't want to but I mean we're young we're insecure we don't want to say like no I'm comfortable and I like the way I look right now uh so I would always say like oh I can't afford it you know whatever and um, I think it was 16 yeah because I remember he was working and he literally just like he knew my size and everything dropped hundreds of dollars bought me an entire wardrobe of feminine clothes what yes whoa yeah it was pretty intense. Hello, sir. Overstepping. Um, and That's overstepping. I mean, so what I mean, was that like? Dresses. I was, I mean, I was hurt. I was upset. I was angry. But I also had this guilt. I had, I felt this guilt that like he spent all this money. So now I have to dress like this because yeah. I don't have an excuse anymore. Right. Yeah. Like I couldn't afford it before, but now he, he went out and bought all this stuff for me. So, um, so that's actually when I started becoming more feminine. I mean, like, I, I mean, I was, I mean, I always wore dresses when I was younger because I mean, I feel like just like kind of in this binary society, a lot of our parents are just like, you're a girl, you wear a dress. Exactly. Um, So it wasn't, but as I, you know, as I got older and I became a teenager, I wore less dresses because my parents didn't dress me anymore. But now I I felt like I had to wear dresses now. So now I'm wearing dresses and skirts, wearing makeup, doing, getting my nails done, like stuff that I never really did before. Um, And I feel like it's like, I just grew comfortable in that. Interesting. Even though my clothes was uncomfortable, nine times out of ten. Tight pants, tight shirt, tight this, tight that. Because that's how women's clothing are made. Yeah, yeah. Because why? Because we're to show off the curbs. So well, to exactly. Show, yeah. show off the curbs for what men like. That's like you know basically. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like I grew. Even though my clothing was uncomfortable, I grew comfortable in this feminine presentation. Wow. But even but um but honestly, like if I was, I mean if. If you talk to people who are really close to me and if they were just kind of hanging out with me like in my apartment or whatever, I'm super lax and I'm generally like dressed like in sweats or something comfortable and more masculine presenting. So as um, and I it's funny because um, even though for the photo series, for the femme photo series, like it was specifically for femmes because yes, like. I am, I am a woman and I do like to embrace my femininity, but uh, the documentary I feel has really helped kind of transition that a little bit in the sense of like, you don't have to, because I necess- cause I don't necessarily want to like always dress in like men's clothing and just be completely masculine, but that's not who I am either. Right. I love makeup. Right. Um, I love makeup. I love heels. Um, that, I mean, it might change as of right now. It's not, because right. I still love those things. Right. But yeah, but the documentary, it almost, even though it wasn't originally about me, it gave me permission wow. to be able to incredible to start thinking about like, okay, incredible. who are you, Tina? Right, incredible. Like who like how do you want to present to the world? And so now, um, and I mean I love like we have a couple of our cast members, Neha, uh, Neha, Charlie, um, and I know like Frankie a little bit, but like Neha and Charlie are very gender fluid. Yeah. And 
I love it. Like, I love, I just, I love seeing them, like, in makeup and then, like, you know, wearing whatever they wear. And they literally wear what they feel like when they wake up. That's right. And it's beautiful. I love it. And um, so that really inspired me, you know, just kind of inspired to, like, okay, I need to, like, kind of take a step back. And I remember that last year I we had talked about this and I told you that, like, 2019... I want to be a little more fluid. Yeah, you did say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, it's real. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, even today, like, I'm like, well, I don't want to plug whoever I'm wearing. Yeah. But, um, because they're trash. But, like, <laughs> oh, please, by all means, don't plug them. No, I'm not plugging them. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, you know, I'm wearing a shirt, um, that is, um, from the men's section. Like, I'm wearing a sweater right now from the men's section that you actually inspired because I saw you in a sweater and I was just like, I love that sweater. I enjoy a sweater. But, um, uh, but just the fit, like, the, it's comfortable and yeah. it's still stylish. Yes. You know, and it's not, I didn't buy it from the women's section. Yeah. And that was really, so, so that's what's happened now. My style is transitioning where I really want to mix the femininity and masculinity of my clothing. Good. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. So that means you're, you're moving in a direction that's truer to your representation, which yes. is, you know, a little more fluid. It's a little more, you know, middle of the line. It's not one thing or the other. No. And the thing is, it's like, we're, you're allowed to, to let that evolve. As you as you will, and it's interesting that the documentary has given you permission to do that. Yeah. Like this is a documentary you're putting out to give other people permission, oh, yeah. and now it's giving you permission. Yes. Oh it's yeah, incredible! It, it's crazy. Think about I mean, it. I mean, it's so. And this is. I always say that we are so. All of us, we are more similar than we are different. Yes. And I have really learned that with the documentary because you know on. Not really thinking about it, I feel that like people are like oh well you're a femme Tina and they're not, and it's like. But we're humans. Yes. We're all human beings. Right. And in some capacity, I've gone through a lot of what they've gone through, maybe not in the same way. Um, Charlie, and like, I'm, I, I'm always going to um, plug Charlie. Sorry, everyone else. Charlie's but like, I, I plug, the reason why, well, the main reason why is because of the fact that um, Charlie is a black person. Yeah. You know, Charlie is very fluid. But like, you know, in, in the range of like how I look, Charlie, um, like I feel like when I look at Charlie, I see myself. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. so that's why. So, so I resonate, you know, in that way. Yeah. But I resonate with every single one of the cast, yeah. every single one of the cast members on different levels. Right. Like even TJ, like talking about like stuff with family. Like I went through. Well, I'm not going to say what TJ said because then you have to watch the documentary. Right. But don't, but TJ don't, says don't something. Give away too much. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> definitely not. But TJ says something about family in their in her narrative. It actually made my relationship with my father better. And um, like literally, it was just like it was a sentence that TJ said that just my mind exploded. And then it allowed me to like have a, to change the narrative of talking to my father. So the cast, the, the cast doesn't know it and they'll know in time, yeah. but, um, but they have all touched me and made my life better in different ways personally. Well, let me say that if you think that what they've said has changed you, think about what, how many stories, how those stories are going to like sort of like ripple Mm-hmm. Uh, amongst people who see the documentary. Yes. Can you imagine how many people you're going to touch? Oh, yeah. It's going to be pretty incredible because somebody is going to, like, a lot of a lot of the people who are going to go see that documentary are going to resonate with one of those people. Somehow, it, they're going to feel like they've been spoken to. Mm-hmm. So the project in, in, its, in its essence is huge. And what it's doing and what it's... And what it's uh, like affording other people, it's incredible. Yeah. It's really amazing. So I, it's amazing to hear you talk about how you've been affected by it when you don't even realize what it's going to do for others yeah. and so many others. So that's, man, fantastic, Tina. Yeah. Good work. Thank you. Good work. Well, listen, going, since we went back to the documentary, I really, this is the time when I need you to plug, plug, plug. So, so where you can find us, you can find us on Instagram. I identify as me, the name of the documentary. You can find us, you can find us on Facebook, 
same same tag. I identify as me. Uh, we do have a website, uh, www.pocproductions with an S dot com. Uh, so if you want to know everything, literally, um, it's just easier to go to the website. Right. Um, and those are the main places that we are. Uh, that's where we're at right now. But we're also on YouTube. You can look up the teaser on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so check it out. Uh, I mean, the teaser itself is already impacting people. We were getting calls to just to show the teaser and trailer and have a conversation about it. So definitely like just like look, if you literally Google um, Google us, you'll find us. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ter- I, I'm incorporating something new in the podcast and you're going to be my first sort of subject. Oh boy. For it. And I, no, right. So I'm, I'm going to end with a question for everyone. Um, and, and it's actually not a question, but I want you to kind of, uh, complete the sentence. I feel most authentic when, and, and when I say that, you can say, I feel most, you can talk about it being, feeling most authentic when you dress a certain way, when you are doing a certain activity, you know, mm. it could be a past conversation you have. Think about something that you, that makes you feel most authentic. Wow, you just threw that at me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right. There was here. no prep for this. Uh, you don't I need prep because you're, you're good like this. <laughs> uh, I feel, whew. I feel most authentic when? I feel most authentic when I'm deliberate in my self-love. Fantastic. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I Because we are talking so much about authenticity in this podcast, I really want people to answer that question because I want people to understand the things that go into authenticity mm-hmm. and how, what that can entail. It can look like a number of different things. Yes. But I want them to engage in those activities and do those things that make them feel most authentic. So that's awesome. Your self-love makes you feel authentic. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to walk in your truth. Absolutely. Whatever that looks like, whether it's how you present, whether it's what you say, what you do. Exactly. Um, it, it impacts so much. It really does. It really does. And I, I thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry I threw it at you. I, I knew you could handle it. I knew you could handle it. Um, anyway, so guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up for today. Um, Tina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Fantastic fantastic uh interview with you hearing about the documentary hearing about body positivity hearing about like you and your authenticity fantastic Thank you. and you're also your your evolving uh, identity which i 100 percent support and i love um, so guys, thank you so much for listening today. Um, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate, comment, uh, and please come back and listen to us next week. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye guys.